Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Gear 30 on the Blister Podcast Network. I'm Jonathan Ellsworth, the founder of Blister, and as always, you can check out everything we're doing and reviewing over at blisterreview.com. This episode of Gear 30 gets a little bit loose. We start off with Kristen Sinat, Sam Shaheen, and me talking about some of our favorite ski gear. That's pretty par for the course around here. Then I try to set the record straight on anoraks, since Sam and Luke haven't stopped talking about those things in forever. And then we dive into the world of dating apps to hear about Sam's stories, the gamification of love, and we hear about Sam's newest project on the horizon. And full disclosure, per Sam's request for actually recording this conversation, we definitely had some bourbon and beer as a warm-up to this podcast. So, again, if we seem a little loose, well, it's because we were a little loose. Anyway, here it is, a little bit of talk about skis, and then the promised Sam Shaheen review of Tinder. So, let me set the scene for everyone right now. We are actually currently in Telluride, and I am in an apartment looking across from Kristen Sinat and Sam Shaheen. I have Jed Doan, who we are very happy to have with us, though he's not going to be talking on this podcast. One, maybe because he's smart, (laughs) (laughs) and two, because he's doing homework or something because he's like a doctor now, or almost. Luke Kappa is also here, but he's being a coward and hiding. Slash like, also doing important work for oh, Blister. Also Sorry. being yeah. smart. Let me, we'll delete that. No, we won't, but also doing important work for Blister. So Luke, thanks for everything you do. Keep being you. We're disappointed that you refuse to be on this episode. Also, I miss you. <laughs> we made a... Oh, sorry, and Lyndon is oh, Lyndon. sleeping upstairs. Baby Lyndon is sleeping upstairs. He's a very cute baby. He's a very cute baby, has very fat cheeks. Honestly, doesn't bring a whole lot else to the table, but he's only seven months old. He's a baby. He's a baby. Yep. He brings so, great joy to everyone. Mm, he's brought me joy so, on several occasions. Except to all the daycare sitters who keep calling us <laughs> and complaining. Other than that, you're a real joy, Lyndon, and we're delighted to have you in this world. I actually love Lyndon. He's great. Um, He just cries sometimes, mostly when I'm not beatboxing, though, because Lyndon likes that, which is weird. Anyway, we made a promise some time ago. This is one of those promises that in the moment maybe was an ill-conceived promise, but we are here to make good even on our ill-conceived promises, because ladies and gentlemen... We are about to give you, in a minute, Sam Shaheen's review of Tinder. Now, full disclosure, we actually recorded this conversation several weeks ago, and one of us maybe forgot to hit the record button. Uh, Jonathan. Uh. Yeah, so anyway, this might be an improved conversation about Tinder. Or it might not be. But it definitely might not be. (laughs) But before we talk about Tinder with Sam... Let's talk about a few pieces of ski equipment that we have been big fans of recently. Uh, Sam, you get to go first. Cool. Yeah. Um, The first thing I'm going to talk about is the G3 Roamer 108. We got it in a 185 with an ion mounted on it. And for those of you who don't know, I'm a big fan of the G3 Sender 112, which is kind of like their chargey big mountain touring ski. 
And the Romer 108 has a very similar vibe, oh, one no. might say. Oh, no. <laughs> this podcast has already taken a turn, a bad turn. No, it's a real similar shape to the Sender. It's a little bit heavier. It has better suspension. It's a little bit softer, so a bit more forgiving, which are two things that the Sender could benefit from, honestly. It's a little bit harsh and a little bit demanding. So after skiing the Romer 108 here, in some amazing conditions, I've really grown to like the ski. It's it's got a lot of that, a lot of the feel of the sender where there's a small sweet spot. It likes to be driven. It likes to be pushed hard. It's got a lot of energy, but it's still it's rather forgiving still. Like if you make a mistake, it's not going to put you on your ass. And I had a, I had a great time, a great time on that ski the other day. Sam also skied a very 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 cool line yesterday. We did a little hike up Palmyra Peak. I got to the top and was like, where is Sam? Sam had scrambled over and honestly, it was just all, Kristen is here too. I think she can confirm. Very aesthetic line, very steep line, pretty committing, blind rollover off the top, like perfect sunshine, bluebird conditions. So we were all very proud of Sam and he frankly skied this line like a boss, which brings me no joy to say. That's the nicest thing you've ever said to me. It's probably, it's, it's probably the last nicest thing I'll ever say to you. Fortunately, the rest of this podcast will have plenty of opportunities to make up for the very <laughs> nice thing I just said. Kristen, what do you got? Uh, so on that same peak, I was um, I had chosen to wear or ski on um, Santa Ana 93s in a 169 length. I did not know what conditions we were getting ourselves into, yeah. thinking we we're gonna do spring skiing. I was like, oh, 93 underfoot would be great. Then we find powder and sweet crud and all sorts of stuff. And, and I was- Deep powder too. Yeah, yeah, deep powder, which generally I wouldn't pick a 93 underfoot for, but it was pretty impressive and super fun to be on that ski. Mm. Uh, I wanna start actually talking about something I'm not so into, just to serve as a corrective, because on two, episodes ago on Gear 30, Sam Shaheen was hosting this episode, talking to Luke Kappa, and basically they had some love fest about anoraks. I'm just I, here I to say- I don't know that I'd call it a love fest. Have you listened to that dumb conversation? I thought that conversation was very well informed. It, it was pretty good. But <laughs> I'm only here to say, like, I'm out on anoraks, people. Like, just put a zipper down the front of the jacket. This isn't a hard concept. Zippers are fine. No one's ever been like, oh man, if only this zipper didn't go all the way down to the bottom of the piece, <laughs> life would be so much better. So, well, I, I think the, I think a, a direct quote from me in that podcast is anoraks are everywhere. Convenience be damned. It's not, it's not like a good thing to not have a zipper, but it is kind of cool. No. Nope. And uh, I'm into it. Anyway. I'm going to wear one tomorrow. So take that. I believe you, because we have like a hundred of them now. <laughs> anyway, I don't know what happened to where we live in a world now where ski and snowboard outerwear doesn't have zippers that go all the way to the bottom of the jackets. Anyway, that world didn't need to be changed. Sam and Luke like anoraks for non-functional reasons. I'm just here to sort of restore order to like the rational universe and say that anoraks don't need to exist. So there's that. On a happier note, if you go back in time a little bit or just listen to a previous episode that uh, we conducted right after our outdoor retailer show, you will hear me be on record talking about the piece of ski gear that I was most excited about for 1920. 
and that was the DPS Koala 119. And I have had a chance to ski that ski now the last couple of days, and I'm happy to report I am extremely in on that ski. I am tempted to call it my favorite DPS ski of all time, except that would be unfair to the original DPS Lotus 138, which I still think is one of the most amazing skis for its purposes and in its in proper environment. That is a Hall of Fame ski forever, but aside from that DPS Lotus 138, this DPS Koala 119 is my second favorite DPS ski ever. We're skiing it in a 189 centimeter length. I think that I, back on that Outdoor Retailer podcast, I'd said I would be particularly curious about the 184, especially for a mountain like Crested Butte. But having ripped around on that thing for the last couple of days on the 189, I'm pretty in on the 189. So it's a heavy ski. It's a very stiff ski maybe stiffer than it needs to be. That's a question mark. But already I'm willing to say it's a very, very good ski. And I think for anybody who has not been attracted by DPS's lighter weight constructions, well, this is the opposite of that. And it's a damn good ski. So there's that. Sam, anything else? Yeah, I want to talk about one more ski real fast. I got to ski on the Folsom Spar 88 today, um, which we skied a little bit last spring, and everyone who skied it really liked it. Mm -hmm. um, today we got it into some conditions that probably it was not designed for, and also some conditions that it was pretty it excelled pretty well in. But I just come away from the ski; it's 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 intuitive, it's plug and play, and it's also pretty strong. You know, you can you can push the ski pretty hard, and it's. It's it's forgiving. It's it's it just it feels natural. Clicking into it, I can make I can put it on edge and feel good. I can slide a turn through, like deep chop, surprisingly well. Um, it wasn't the ideal ski for some of the stuff we were doing today, but I came away with more impressed with the ski than I thought I would, and uh, I'm I'm psyched on that thing. Okay, enough about ski gear. It is time for what everyone's been waiting for. It is time for the main event. So Sam, do you want to start by just giving me a kind of overall synopsis on Tinder itself? Yeah, I think, well, first I want to say though that like it's not just Tinder, right? Tinder is a very, very narrow thing and it's a, it's a buzzword, sort of clickbaity, like whatever. But Tinder is a small aspect of sort of modern dating culture, which I think is more what we've talked ah, about. Modern dating culture. Um, but yeah, I'll give the general synopsis, and the general synopsis within the framework of what 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 I what I like to refer to as swipe style apps, or like you know the the swipe life, swipe life. Yeah, the, that's a Tinder catchphrase, actually. Is it really? Yeah, yeah. They're trying. I mean, to push I knew that. that. Um, or double opt-in apps, as academia likes to call them, where both parties must opt in in order for there to be a connection. Academia. Is that a proper use of the term academia? You would be shocked the amount of research that has gone into these things. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of amazing. Um, but the overall idea, and I think I am not alone in stating this, is that the apps foster a unhealthy relationship with dating for their users. There's a lot of problems with the apps, and some of them are really, really, really obvious, like harassment and abuse. 
28% of app users report abuse, and that's all genders, not just women. And the fact that men outnumber women almost two to one on, across most platforms means that that's pretty much every single woman who's on one of these apps is reporting abuse or harassment. There's other issues too. Um, for, for starters, the way the apps work from a mental perspective is that every single time you swipe, it's either a micro-validation or a micro-rejection, right? So people are sitting on their apps at home, spending hours sometimes. There's a study that actually says the average user of an app called Badu, which is sort of the internationally most popular swipe style app, spends 90 minutes a day on the app. Which means that for 90 minutes, you're swiping left and right, chatting with people, and every time you swipe, you either get a match or you get a rejection, right? A micro-validation or a micro-rejection. And because of that, the apps attract people who need those micro-validations. And people who need the micro-validation of an app are not necessarily people who are in, in a healthy place to be in a relationship. Mm -hmm. So I think that is just kind of like the overall fundamental issue is that if you're looking for a relationship and you need the apps to do that, you're getting it through these micro-validations and that's not the healthy place to be. I think once you get to that healthy place of like, I am comfortable with myself enough where I don't need the validation of the app, that's where you're where you're in a healthy place to be in a relationship, but that's also the time when you don't need the app. So you stop using the app because you don't need it anymore and you go out into the real world and meet people X, Y, or Z way. So yeah, I think that is a big issue. There's a lot of issues with the apps too in, in from a self-esteem perspective. Like people who are on the apps universally report a lower level of body satisfaction, which is kind of crazy to think about. It's, it's much more prevalent in men. I think men definitely get the short end of the stick on the apps just because men outnumber women so much. I think there's kind of two stories of the apps. Men have a different, a different experience entirely than, than women do on them. But I mean, that's, I think, a whole different discussion. Mm -hmm. I think spark notes of all that kind of rambling is to say that the apps are terrible. They kind of suck and they're not a good way to meet people. They're a great way to waste time. They're, they're a game. Yeah. Sam Shaheen holds a theory that we've heard about on many chairlift rides. Uh, that, uh, oh, quote, God. most people are boring. Now, true or false, was that opinion developed in large part based on your interactions on these swipe apps? Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, and it's not that, I don't know that boring, yeah, no, boring is the right term. People, I don't know how to say things, the following things without hurting people's feelings. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry about that. <laughs> You just be you right now. No, it's a safe zone for, I, for you, not for everyone you're about to speak of. <laughs> and I, I don't mean this as like as like specific specific to people or whatever, but I think a lot of people grow up with the same like culture is largely homogenized. We all see the same fifty Instagram accounts every day. We all read the same news headlines. We all like everything's kind of instantaneous, and because of that, I think it kind of makes people the same. We all order our same drinks at Starbucks, and we go to the same restaurants because everything's a chain and all this crap. And um, I don't know. I think people are very much similar to each other. They talk about the same things. They have similar like patterns of speech, similar way to, ways of communication. And after a while, it gets really monotonous. Boring is another word for monotonous. <laughs> um, how many Tinder dates do you think you've gone on? Oh, God. Over under 80. Under. You answered that like too quickly. I don't know. It's probably like 
50 or 60, something like that. But I'm, the vast majority of those being first so, dates that you don't see the person ever again because... Well, yeah. Yeah. But that counts. That totally... Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, but I don't so. want everything on everyone on the internet to think I'm some, like, man whore who's just like... <laughs> They already do. All right, well. <laughs> uh, so punchline answer was 80. Uh, <laughs> Why would uh, I agree to do this? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I told you a while ago that you should change your, there's a place on Tinder where you can state your job title. And I told you a while ago that you should change it to ski model, which you did. How is that working out? Oh, it's working out great. <laughs> <laughs> what do people... Do people comment on this? Do they ask? Um, I haven't got. I mean, I've gotten a fair number of comments on it. It's it's been a sev- it's been several weeks. I think most people are just kind of intimidated by the idea of me being a model. Obviously, um. <laughs> Jed Doan. It's <laughs> Jed Doan is not sure what he thinks of that answer <laughs> as he sits on the couch listening to this. Um, okay, let's see other things. I once got this quote from Sam Shaheen. This was actually in Blister HQ, not on a chairlift. Quote, it's time to forget the women of the past and usher in the women of the future. Where are you going with this? I don't know. I don't have a question. I just wanted to read that amazing quote. Uh, So Sam, well, this is a fair question. What does the, you know, your partner of the future look like? And why is this been, I mean, this is the thing, Tinder, these other apps, this should be easier than ever to connect with like-minded people and the rest. And yet what you're telling us is it's not so effective in that. And in fact, some of these apps are set up in a way that in fact, they're encouraging unhealthy behavior. So what the hell is going on? What would the woman of the future be like in case she's listening right now? Okay, well, if she's listening right now, she's definitely not the woman of the future. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no one who listens to Gear 30. I take that back. Ladies out there, ignore that. Um, first, though, I want to address the point that you made, which I think is really interesting, is that there are all these avenues for us to connect each other, yet yeah. it's, it's seemingly more difficult than ever. It's really, really fascinating the way people interact with Tinder. Did you know that 70% of Tinder users have never actually met a match in person? No, because I don't know anything about all this 70%. wild okay. Tinder research you're presenting, but it sounds legit. So sure, 70%. People use these apps as a way to kill time. It's the gamification of love. It's I'm going to sit at my house, kill time, get the get the attention and the validation I need or want yeah. or for whatever reason, I'm, I'm going to do it that way. Because actually meeting someone is scary. It's like, holy shit, I have to text this person for like, and be interesting for however long and then exchange phone numbers and then set up a meeting place and then what if they don't like their what if they don't like their pictures what if they're a crazy serial killer like what if what if what if and there's so many barriers to actually meeting someone in person that the apps don't address at all all the apps do is say oh yeah i think that person is sexy because of xyz way or i think that person has an interesting job or whatever and therefore i'm going to chat with them for you know an hour and then never see them and it's not conducive to actually bringing people together in like actual physical social interaction, which is the problem. Because people interact socially face-to-face and that's how we're wired. That's how our culture has been for thousands of years. And now we're, we've taken this huge 180 in the last five years and it's not healthy. And people are dissatisfied. People are not coming out of their app experiences in like mentally good places. And there's lots of research that backs that up. 
we are going to drop a fairly major bombshell in a minute here. But before we do, I want you to rank for me what, in your opinion, are like best dating apps to worst dating apps among some of the most popular ones out there. Sure. Um, well, I'd like, I think it's important to start off by saying best is a real sort of murky term because it's, it's kind of fluid, right? I, I think right now the best app on the market is Hinge. And Hinge is basically the same as Tinder and Bumble and all the swipe style apps, except it's newer. And my general theory is that the new apps come out and the people who are most serious about dating are like, oh, new app, cool, I'm gonna check this out. So Maybe I, this one sucks less than the other ones I've been on. Exactly, so the initial user base are the people who are serious. So Hinge is about a year old or so now. Um, and the user base, I think, is much more serious about actually meeting people in person. So I find that my interactions that I have on that app are much more positive and fruitful in that like, People are actually interested in social interaction. Um, I don't really use Bumble at all for no real reason, just that I like I can't deal with all the apps all the time. So like I basically only use Tinder and Hinge, and Tinder is real hit or miss. You know, sometimes you meet someone cool and sometimes you don't, but that's the thing about the apps. They're all just people. So sometimes you meet cool people on a bad app, sometimes you meet bad people on a cool app, and I mean, that's what it is. But I think right now, I think Hinge is the best, but the thing is it's not doing anything innovative, it's not doing anything interesting. Their marketing's a little bit a little bit new in that it's like the app to be deleted and blah 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 and they're like trying to get people into relationships, which I think is really good and that's a positive message to put out there, but the format's the same. You swipe and then and you match and it's whatever. So I know one that I heard of from someone else who works at Blister called Coffee Meets Bagel. That's the dumbest name I've ever heard of, of anything However, ever. this Blister employee has a great success story from the app. So for, for one, that's a data point. The other data point is I've never used it, so I can't really comment. Yeah, I'm sorry. That name is terrible. The name is awful. Yeah. The name is sorry, awful. Sorry, Blister employee who will remain <laughs> unnamed. That name sucks. But, uh, but it's, but it's really worse than... You. We I'd wear really an anorak before I, would en- <laughs> before I would endorse that name. That's how much that name sucks. All right, Sam, weirdest Tinder story. Oh my God. (laughs) Okay, so it's Saturday night, 7 p.m. I'm swiping, you know, swipe life, hashtag swipe life. I don't know, this is like a while ago, some summertime. Um, And I match with this girl and we start chatting and I'm like, hey, you know, actually I'm not doing anything tonight. Do you want to grab a drink? Sure. So we make plans, go grab a kind of a late drink. The weird part about this is it was Christmas Day. No, I'm just kidding. It was like July. Okay. Um, so we meet up at this bar, have a few drinks, and she mentions that she's Russian. So like immediately I start making like a bunch of like bad Russia jokes, you know. And sure. at one point I make some sort of a vodka joke. I'm sure it was hilarious. She immediately says, turns to me like stone faced, dead serious. She's like, hey, if we start drinking vodka, we're gonna end up at the strip club. Fast forward like an hour and a half, we're sneaking past the bouncers at Shotgun Willie's. And like, I'd never been to a strip club in my life before and this was the craziest night ever. Like we, first of all, she knows exactly how to sneak past the bouncers at the strip club, which is, is saying something. Right. Like, this is not a, yeah, red flag. Thanks, Jed. We, we sneak into the strip club 
She walks straight to the humidor, buys a cigar, a double gin and tonic, pulls out a stack of 100 ones from the ATM, like one of the banded ones where they're all like fresh, crisp $1 bills. Okay, hang on. Because I maybe have heard this story once before. You can't get 100 ones in a rubber... You've never been to a strip club. Well, obviously, ATMs don't work like that. They have know. they have strip club specific ATMs. I, I, somehow, this is what happened. I'm standing there, kind of like, what the? This we're in a strip club. And There's furthermore, she started. She ordered a gin. I thought you were drinking tonic, vodka. Yeah. I don't dictate what this woman drinks. All right, fair enough. Wherever she got the money, she walks up to me with a stack of a hundred hundred dollars in ones. Peels back like half of it, hands it to me, and she just looks at me and she's like, we're going to go to town, which is exactly what we did. It was insane. We were there for like six hours. That Strip clubs is are entirely too long. Yeah. yeah. It, was a, it was a very interesting night. Let's fast forward to the very end of the night. How did that evening end? Not well. <laughs> um, yeah, we took an Uber back to her apartment and she would not let me walk her to her door. Um, she just would turn like real paranoid. It was weird. She it was got, weird. She, she got she weird. She quote I unquote never, got weird yeah. if she hadn't already got weird like six hours earlier. Oh, she got weird six hours earlier. Yeah. yeah. Uh, then I never saw her again. Yeah. All right. Honest answer here. Did you ever like text her after that night? Yes. Okay. <laughs> How could you not? She was like, she was crazy. It was great. I had like a, an experience I'll never forget. How would you not text that girl again? Right? Like no matter how into her or not I was, that was, that was a crazy a night. Right? Fair enough. You need a follow-up to that. All right. Fair enough. Um, all right. Best Tinder story. Best Tinder story. So this was like basically the first Tinder date I've ever been on. Fun side note. I saw the girl I went on this date with like last week what? at a bar. Yeah. Since we failed to record the previous Since tinder? we failed to record the previous and we talked and it was cool. She's 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 cool. She works at a she works at a bar in the city that I go to sometimes. So wait a sec. Okay. That's fascinating. How, give me I need a like exact date and time for where this original best story takes place. Original best story is like March. 2017. All right. And yeah, two weeks ago. So like late February, early March. Almost two years later. Yeah, two years you later. You haven't seen her since. I went up to her and I touched her on the shoulder and I was like, hey, I think we made out in a TJ Maxx parking lot one time. And she was like, oh yeah, what's up? <laughs> that was amazing. I mean, aside from the so the, I hadn't heard the making out in a TJ Maxx parking lot part before. So apparently that wasn't the best part of the story. That was date number two. Yeah. Oh, you did? You went out twice? I went out twice with this girl. Yeah. All right. I've only heard about the first time. Well, the so first date's better. I mean, the March second date 2000... ended with us making out in a TJ Maxx parking lot. I mean. Wow. <laughs> wow. All right. I don't even have anything to say about that. So March 2017, what happens? All right. So... This like, I'd just gotten back into the States from um, studying abroad and matched with this girl and we set up a time, like we went to this brewery and um, I'm on the way there, driving there and she texts me. She's like, hey, um, I'm going to bring a friend of mine just in case you're a serial killer, which 
as this being basically my first Tinder date ever, I was like, oh, that sounds like a really good idea. And I texted her back like, hey, good idea. I probably should have done the same thing. Yep. See you soon. So I get there and it's her and her friend and me and this girl start like talking and we get along pretty well. So we're kind of hitting off and her friend is crazy bored. She downloads Tinder on her phone and starts swiping. Matches with some dude and is like, hey, come over, let's double. I'm on, I'm like with my friend on a date. This guy walks in like 45 minutes later and it's my estranged childhood best friend who I haven't seen in like six years. And we left on like not good terms. We were roommates in college. I've known this kid since I was a tiny little like child. And like he walks in the door and like all acrimony is just like immediately gone. We hug it out and obviously we ignore the girls for the entire date. We're just like talking and catching up and still good friends with them. He actually texted me today. We're going to go skiing when I get back. Nice. Um, the dude's awesome. Yeah. So Tinder, thank you for uniting me with my best friend. That was, a, that was quite the service that you did for me. Yep. That's a good story. And also those were both Tinder dates. I didn't ever know the part about how there was a second date that ended up with you making out in a TJ Maxx parking lot. Yeah, that was a weird How date. did the second date go, aside from the ending? Uh, it was good. She's a cool girl. Um, okay. we, had, we had a good connection. I don't think she was like in a position to like be dating okay. like emotionally, which is fine. Like, we had a good time. We, yeah. like whatever. She's, and, she's a cool girl. And the good news is you've just reunited with her. Yeah. Yeah. Can we talk about the most recent Harvard slash Chicago. What are we going to talk about with that? I don't know. I mean, if you want, it, this was the most most recent that I'm aware of, at least, because it happened like within the last like real time type of thing. There was a connection allegedly with a Harvard grad. I'm starting to not buy any of this. Harvard grad slash PhD candidate at the University of Chicago. Which is close to your heart, obviously. Which was close to my heart, which is why I was telling you you should marry this girl. I'm way out on this girl now, though, because there's been too much flaky behavior. So um, I am a sucker for the University of Chicago, you know, Harvard, whatever, it is what it is. But uh, I don't know, did you learn any new lessons from this or is it more of the same old? Well, it's the same old, like it's the, it's the same old story, right? Match with the girl, we had like interesting banner. Obviously there was a, a mutual connection. Like she was into me, I was into her, but clearly she didn't actually want to meet, you know, like yeah. you make, you try and make plans and it doesn't happen. And that's fine. Like you don't, you don't have to go and meet strangers. Like it's, it's whatever, but it's another illustration of the fact that Tinder is not conducive towards actually meeting people. Can I offer a theory where I think you may be messed up? Let's hear it. Let's hear it. You apparently posted or sent her a video of you about to drop in in a super gnarly line. First of all, that was a Snapchat and it was a picture, but yeah, continue. So, okay, Snapchat and it was a picture, but I think that that could have very well been kind of like intimidating for somebody. And they may have been like, oh shit, he's gonna expect me to wanna drop gnarly blind rollover 50 degree pitches. And if somebody wasn't like, that's not really, what I'm about, and I'm not comfortable doing that. I think you scared her off. That's my take. I don't know if that's true, but I'm just being provocative right well, now. Well, I mean, that's just like your opinion, man. <laughs> <laughs> Jed, good move or bad move to post the gnarly, I'm about to drop this line pic. Oh, good move. Jed, good, good move. move. Jed's my boy. All right, Jed's good in move. on it. All right, <laughs> whatever. I don't think this girl actually went to Harvard, and she's definitely not a PhD candidate at the University of Chicago. So. Rachel, if you're listening, I think you're a chill, chill girl. 
<laughs> I'm out, Rachel. Plus, apparently she studied science, whatever. Anybody can study science. Um, it's not even hard. Just kidding. So we've come all this way. We haven't even gotten to the bombshell. Do you want to talk about the bombshell? Yeah, I really, really do. Okay. Here's the deal. The apps suck. Tinder sucks, Bumble sucks, Hinge sucks. They all suck. Swiping sucks. Fuck swipe life. Yeah. <laughs> Going all in on that. Anyway, take me down a notch. <laughs> Which we all thank you for, because I was starting to get a knife just in case we needed it. Um, all this frustration on these apps has got me thinking a lot about a better way to do this. And without going into too many details, I do have an idea for a better way. And um, it's a dating app that I'm in the process of like developing and planning out. And for any rich people out there who are listening, who are interested in supporting me, mm -hmm. I would be very interested to hear your thoughts on my app and also see your money. <laughs> um, send me an email. I'll send you an NDA and get you all the info. It's going to change the world. And I don't say that sarcastically or facetiously. Wow. I really think that, 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 the, that the thing that I, me and some of my friends have sort of created over the past several months is really groundbreaking and interesting. And I'm super psyched on it. I'm just gonna go and say that was a much better pitch than the one that you gave the first time we failed to record <laughs> this. So I'm just gonna let that stand. What's your email address? Sam.shaheen at blisterreview.com. Again, yeah. that's Sam.shaheen, S-H-A-H-E-E-N at blisterreview.com. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the other thing we should do is, you know, like just for people listening, you know, maybe they know somebody who, while you have a tendency to fly off on rants, who can be blamed for that? I'm known to occasionally fly off on a rant. Sometimes about anorex. Yeah. <laughs> let's see. Let's let's make this let's make this your profile interview. Uh, so Sam Shaheen, how old? 29 years old. You're a professional ski model. <laughs> among There's, other things. Among other things. Uh, let's see, undergraduate degree. Yep. Very impressive. What, yep. where, where did you go to school? What did you study? I went to CU Boulder, studied chemical and biological engineering. Yep. At CU Boulder. And then went and did an international, ladies, international master's degree. Where did you go to school? I went to the University of Bern in Bern, Switzerland, and studied biomedical engineering with an emphasis on biomechanical systems and thesis work in energy harvesting cardiac pacemakers. And a minor in Tinder. <laughs> um, yeah, it's impressive. Uh, I don't know. And it, I also ran my own business for eight years. You did. You yeah. had the worst name of any business of ever, which I bring up as often yeah. as I can. Well, and like I, I, when my usual defense is when you're 16, you don't come up with good names for businesses. So. Yeah, and how many of you started businesses when you were 16 years old? So. Jed still uses Jed my jacket. Still, yeah. Jed from the couch <laughs> still uses the Lethal Descent jacket. I, I wore that jacket a few months ago, actually. It's I great. probably would still be wearing it if I hadn't tomahawked down a line in Argentina and destroyed it and my body. If you hadn't nearly had your own Lethal Descent. Yes, lethal descent ironic jacket. name yeah. for a jacket. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, there were problems with that name, for there sure. There were big problems. Yeah. But 16 years old, started your own company, ran it for eight years, then went to see you, well, actually was still running it concurrently, yeah. then went to Burn. Now is a, a ski, ski model. model. Yeah. It's pretty impressive, ladies. Uh, so if uh, any of you listening to this know someone 
who probably needs some Sam Shaheen in your life. And furthermore, how many boring guys have you gone out with who would never record a conversation like this? So I'm willing to give Sam props for even sitting down to do this. Twice, by the way. Yeah, twice. <laughs> um, so uh, there's that. Um, let's see. I think to wrap this up, you've talked a lot about apps. You have some thoughts of your own. Again, the email for uh, potentially interested investors, sam.shaheen at blissreview.com. Um, what about the opinion of just going through your friends, like old-fashioned style? I, I, I really think that meeting people through your network is a great way to meet people. I think the issue with that, though, is this, 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 this cultural shift that the apps have created in that people don't look for love in their general social lives anymore. They look for love on the apps. They, they, they have their social lives compartmentalized. You go to the bar and you're, you're not looking to talk to new people. You're like, I'm gonna hang out with my friends tonight and we're gonna do whatever. And that's a culture that's been created by the apps. And I think that's a big problem. If you have a social circle that's big enough and frankly cool enough to do that, like you are winning and I really would like to meet you. Um, but I think for a lot of people, it's just not as practical as it once was. Yep. Good answer, I think. Um, well, fair answer. Uh, of course, now that Gear 30 is the new dating app for Sam Shane, <laughs> you know, this is a fantastic development. I would just like to give a shout out to Nicole. I'm glad that we never did any of this bullshit. So, uh, you know, props to you. Um, anyway, I hope you have enjoyed this little conversation. Again, shout out to Sam Shaheen for a very candid take on the contemporary dating scene and situation. And uh, we're gonna go and we will talk to you guys later. See ya. That's it for this edition of Gear 30. Thanks, I think, to Sam and Kristen for this conversation. And thanks to Luke Alley for producing this episode. As always, thanks for listening. Please take good care out there, both on the slopes and, you know, in your dating life. And we will talk to you again next week.